Push Past Pundits in our debut show, the very first Indian hockey podcast. What a pleasure it is to be here. My name is Matt Allen. I'm your host. Alongside me, pushing the buttons and taking care of business is Mr. John Lee. I'm over here. And we've got a star-studded lineup of hockey lovers from across India to deliver what we hope will be the very best, but certainly the first, Indian hockey podcast. We've got Mahir Vasavda from the Indian Express. Uh, originally from Mumbai, now in Delhi. We've got Jimmy Vogel from Delhi, now in Bangalore. We've got Harpreet Lamba, uh, freelance sports journalist in Delhi and from the Times of India.com, Mr. Jaspreet Sani. Without further ado, we've got lots to get through in our very first show. Uh, let's have a little chat with our guests, with the pundits. Let's kick off with Mihir Vazavda from the Indian Express. Uh, Mihir. Tell us about why you're into hockey and why you're with us on the Push Pass Pundits. Hello, Pundits. It's great to be here. Yeah, so I, I got hooked to the game uh, because of my brother, and uh, I, I remember this incident very vividly. He was playing a match at uh, the hockey stadium in Bombay, and I saw him getting hit with the ball. And uh, trust me, as a younger brother who was always bullied, uh, that was right. I thought, uh, why not put a foot and, and get an example I went to the hockey field because we ended up playing for the same school at, at, uh, at most of the times. Uh, so, so that was, that was how I actually got hooked onto the sport, uh, to be honest. Uh, and, and it's always been in, it's, it's been there ever since, you know. I mean, my brother then became my coach. Uh, he, he taught me a lot of things. Uh, I, I never was a good player, uh, but, I switched between hockey, football, hockey, football quite a bit, uh, stuck to hockey writing, and uh, for the last 12 years I've been doing that now. Well, that's fantastic. I noticed on your bio, Mahir, that you provided that you uh, spent your school days playing on pebble-laden grounds across Mumbai. Now, uh, there's kind of new directive from the FIH that hockey can happen anywhere on, a, on a, any surface. Does that please you? It is fantastic. Uh, so in Mumbai, we had this amazing uh, setup uh, back then. You know, uh, there used to be around 60 to 70 schools uh, who used to take part in inter-school tournaments, and uh, the grand final, as FIH uh, calls uh, it nowadays, uh, the grand final used to be played on the artificial turf, uh, and that for us used to be the biggest incentive because all year round. We used to play on these surfaces, which were oh my god, they were, they were pathetic. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, you could you couldn't control the ball, you couldn't run along with the ball. Those were really bad surfaces, uh, especially when it rained. Uh, and and to play on the turf uh, was our biggest prize. Uh, and somehow that's that's always been the case for most of the guys. And and gradually, as as years have passed by, because most of the schools cannot afford to put a turf, they've just stopped playing hockey. Uh, now I feel that if, if they're given that option of playing the sport on any surface, uh, it's, it's, it's a brilliant move. I guess it might revive hockey in many of the schools which have completely stopped uh, in Mumbai at least. Yeah, I think there's some great opportunities globally to grow the game and take it a little bit back more to grassroots, although I'm not sure if I want to go back to the red grass pitches that I grew up playing on, which ended up with half a tonne of gravel in your knee every time you fell over. Thanks so much to Mahir Vasavda. Cheers, Mahir, and uh, welcome to the Push Pass Pundits. You are with the Push Pass Pundits, and now it's time to catch up with our next pundit. It's Harpreet Lamba. Harpreet, welcome to the show. Yes, hi, everybody there. Very happy to be here on the debut show of Push Pass Pundits. It's great to have you here, Harpreet. Now, uh, 
you've been working in the sports game for a long time and growing up as a kid, you, you basically sat in front of the TV at home and uh, Dad only had sport on. What's your affiliation with hockey? My association with hockey goes back to 2003. I was straight out of college and like every other journalist or say every other kid in India, I wanted to follow cricket and not hockey. But then one fine morning at 6 a.m., I happened to be at the National Stadium in New Delhi, which is the hub of hockey. And I saw a bunch of people, like, training. It was a national hockey team. And the legend of the game, Dhanraj Pillay, was the captain. And I was just hooked. I sat there for long. And after the training session, Dhanraj Pillay walked up to me and he asked me who I was and where I was from. And he asked me, do you understand hockey? I still remember. So I said, not really. And he said, come, we will teach you the intricacies of hockey. So to get that kind of in, uh, that kind of input from a hockey team, I was really hoped to meet that humble bunch of people. Really lovely skills on display, like from cricket to hockey. It was a switch for me within that one hour. And it's been 16 years now that I've been following this sport religiously as covered in Olympics, three World Cups and it's still going on. That's wonderful, Harpreet. Look, it's an absolute pleasure to have you joining the Push Pass Pundits. And next up from the timesofindia.com is Mr. Jaspreet Sani. His voice may be familiar to those of you that listen to the Reverse Stick Hockey Podcast. Uh, Jazz, thanks for joining the Push Pass Pundits. Uh, hi guys. Um, it's a pleasure to be at the Push Pass Pundits and be one of the Six pundits, I would say, not four. Four are from India, but the other two guys uh, are equally mad, Matt <laughs> and uh, John. So, 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 I would say that uh, with Matt and John, and it's it's been great to get a platform uh, that that talks about hockey uh, on a different medium uh, because podcast is something. It's very niche product. It's not. Uh, it, it's not that all everybody, uh, every hockey lover listens to it. But those who are uh, more tech savvy and all that, uh, they listen to it and they get hooked. So it, it's all. It was always pleasure when uh, John and Matt uh, approached me and uh, said if we'd, I would like to join uh, the Divorce Tech I'm talking about. Uh, it's. It's. I think uh, 75 uh, episodes old now. Uh, is it, Matt? 76. 76. So we, so it has just crossed the platinum jubilee. So <laughs> congratulations, congratulations for that to both of you guys. You have put in some real hard work uh, besides whatever you are working to pay your bills, because this doesn't help you pay your bills. I'm sure. <laughs> so just tell the listeners about your uh, your love affair with Indian hockey. Um, before coming to Indian hockey, I would say. Um, I got associated with hockey uh, as a player in 1993 when I started playing for my school. Uh, it I was in 10th standard then and then I played it for three years, 10th, 11th and uh, the 12th standard. Played a bit of hockey in the college level as well but uh, somehow the level outgrew me because I wasn't as good as uh, as a college level player. So. So that's when I decided that uh, maybe I should uh, sit on the sidelines and read the game, study the game and write about it. Because ever since uh, school days, my, uh, especially my English teachers used to t- tell me that you write well. So you should, you should pursue a career where, where, where you get to write about things. It can be anything. And sports was the obvious thing because I'm pretty bad at all other things because 
uh, until it is sports i can't write um, even if i write it will be real crap uh, i would never be on, on an episode like reverse stick ever uh, but uh, that's 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 where it started and then uh, in two, around 2000 uh, uh, i was becoming interested in uh, writing on the game because uh, i was doing my my literature honors from college and then um around in 2002 uh, or 2004 i did my journalism and but uh, but getting a break in sports took some time um it took me around 3 years at the end of 2006 or 2007 i got my first break unfortunately it was in civil aviation in network 18 i got my first job um, it was however not for hockey it was for a website called cricketnext.com um but uh, fortunately they also used to cover other sports and soon soon my editor got to realize that uh, i am equally good at hockey and uh, cricket so i got to cover a fair bit of hockey traveling abroad of since then and till now um, also cricket uh, including the world cups and world t20 uh, but uh, of late since the last two years or you can say 3 to 4 years i am more inclined towards hockey because cricket is full of people and there are very few opportunities to write uh, in cricket obviously with timesofindia.com i have that those opportunities and the pla- very very big platform to write on but i still prefer to write on Olymp- hockey and other olympic sports with a little bit of cricket in between uh, but if my office sends me uh, for an all paid vacation in london for the world cup i don't mind it Well, Jazz, we are certainly looking forward to getting your insights along the journey with the Push Pass Fund. It's just uh, so you know, though, I think probably when you were playing hockey, there was no such thing as a tomahawk. We called it a back stick. Uh, you know, that, that's by the by. <laughs> And now from Give Me Hockey, it's Mr. Jimmy Bagal, who is uh, joining us down the line from Bangalore. Jimmy, thanks for joining the Push Pass Pundits. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, you're pretty active on the social media. Um, you don't hold back. Uh, we like some of your alternative opinions and uh, the way that you, uh, you know, you poke the bear a little bit. It's uh, it's great to have you on board. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes, I have my opinions, and I don't shy away from giving it to uh, whomsoever it may concern. Maybe be it an FIS president. or anyone uh, so you have your opinion you have to give it uh, you know you have to speak your mind well i think that's one of the issues that we have in the game sometimes jimmy is that a lot of people can't always speak their mind so it's important to have some independent media and some independent voices out there providing a different perspective to to how things are going on uh yes uh not everybody is as vocal as we are uh, but yeah uh it depends upon person to person and what are their interest only thing i am interested in is having a good great hockey transparent hockey which is not possible right now uh, so that's why yeah, i speak my mind i know it irks some people uh, i am called controversial uh, but it's okay it's all about the game well about the game yes how did you get into the game what's your interest in hockey I started when I was in class too. I like to thank my cousin for that, uh, who started playing hockey, and I saw something other than a cricket bat at my home. Uh, and I said, "What's it? What's this?" He said, "It's hockey." The very next day, I get a hockey stick and I start playing. I start with that old 
long edged hockey stick which my father used to play with that was nearly banned at that time and come 1998 in asian games that was the first hockey match i ever saw on tv india beating korea in shootouts to win gold after 32 years that was the day i became a fan that was the day The push past pundits. How sensational! We've had the chance to meet all of the pundits, and now it's time to hear their opinions on what's going on in the hockey world. We're going to kick off with our very first topic on the show, and we're going to have a bit of a retrospective to 2018 and uh, discuss how the Indian teams got on through the year. And let's kick off with Mihir Vizavda. A fabulous year. I mean, I'm heartbroken that Champions Trophy was played for the last time. I think it was one of the finest tournaments we've had uh, on the calendar, and uh, I hope they, they get it back. You know, uh, otherwise it's been great. I mean, Belgium, all their hard work finally paying off. Argentina messing themselves up. Uh, Germany having a bad time with hockey as well as football. There's a lot of pleasure in watching them. Unra- I mean, really struggle. It's fun to. And it was fun to watch Australia lose as well. <laughs> and India, we are kind of getting used to all the heartbreaks, to be honest, you know. Uh, and and this time it was three times. I mean, Commonwealth Games, Asian Games, and World Cup. So we are getting quite consistent with that bit at least. Uh, it's it's terrible, but uh, that's how it is. Uh. Were there any particular highlights from 2018 from the men's and women's international teams and the junior sides? It's been a fascinating year. I mean, especially for the entire women's World Cup. Was was fantastic, but one thing that really struck uh, strikes uh, for me is uh, the penalty that was taken in the shootouts. I think was it was it the Spain versus Ireland game, uh, the audacious attempt uh, that that just went over the goalkeeper's head. I don't remember, but that's one thing that really has stuck with me uh, from the year. Uh, and lots of memories from the Hockey World Cup. I mean, it was a long drawn affair. It was uh, very. I mean, for us, it was a bit of a drag, but but from hockey point of view, it was quite fascinating. Again, so lots of good memories from the Hockey World Cup, uh, and I wouldn't forget uh, Belgium celebration, the first one, not the second time they did that. You're not talking about losing the uh, the stick off the top of the trophy, are you? Oh, did they? Well, did they glue that in again? I mean, did they ever stick that, or it's it's still broken? I think it might have to make its way back to Pakistan to get fixed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, at least they have got something going there. And what about you, Harpreet? What, what were your thoughts of 2018? Any highlights, any lowlights? What, what was your general take on the year of hockey, specifically with India? Well, I think when you look at India, it has been a mixed pack for India. Of course, I would not say it was a great year for India because there were a lot of tournaments uh, across 2018, starting from Commonwealth Games to Champions Trophy to Asian Games and finally at the World Cup. I mean, there were two tournaments I think India should have earmarked for the entire 2018 and those should have been Asian Games because it was a chance to qualify for the Olympics and of course the World Cup because a medal has eluded them at the Olympics or a World Cup since a long, long time. So, given in that context, it was not a great year for Indian hockey. Of course, they did well. However, the highlight, they did well at the Champions Trophy though, which was really pleasing because to win back-to-back silvers in the Champions Trophy is something great. But in overall context, I think it was a disappointing year for India and they will have to do a lot of ironing out ahead looking at 2019 and especially 2020 Olympics. 
Yeah, that's right, Harpy. But it, the, the, the year started out with a, a lot of promise there. Uh, they, they kicked off early in January with the four, this is with, with the men in particular, and the, the Four Nations tournament in New Zealand. Some pretty good results there. They lost to Belgium a couple of times in the, in the finals at each of the venues. Um, Sultan Aslan Shah wasn't great. You can kind of push that to one side. Commonwealth Games, no, no massive disgraces there at all. Um, and, and yeah, like you've said, Champions Trophy, a final place there and, and, uh, only a shootout defeat to Australia, which is no, no mean shakes. So everything was kind of pointing in the right direction. Yes, absolutely, Matt. See, that is what exactly what Mihir told some time back. It is, it has been in Indian hockey, it has more been about promises than deliverance. I mean, we all hear all the positive things, all the positive talks. If you actually visit India these days and look at the facilities, the kind of scientific support system, the way these guys train, everything looks very promising on the surface. But the problem has been execution. If you actually look at that, that has been the story of Indian hockey last five, seven years. It is not that they have not made progress. Definitely they have made progress from a number, ward number 13 team. They are a ward number 5 team consistently. But now they have to look ahead to beat the bigger teams on a regular basis. That thing has not been happening for a very long time now. So I think that's a real problem. What do you think needs to happen going forward then, Harpreet? I think it's about the overall Indian hockey structure. You know, when you actually look at the Indian hockey structure from the sub-junior level to the junior level to the youth level and to the senior team, you would see massive gaps and chunks there. It's like, you can, you know, to classify it in easy terms, it seems as if one person is operating on a different setup, and the other person is operating on an iOS, for example, and one person is operating on an Android. It's that kind of a difference. I think somebody needs to actually in hockey India sit down and plug in those kind of gaps to actually bring along everything together on one page and to get in and more hockey moving in the right direction and in the same direction. Well, let's put that out to the rest of the group there. Jimmy, do you want to jump in there? Uh, talking about the men team, yes, we have been inconsistent. Uh, maybe it's because of chopping and changes of coaches. We have seen, what, around 50 coaches since 1980, more than 50 coaches. Uh, uh, yes, the team is not functioning as well as they should be. I don't know what's the issue. I read in one of the reports in one of the uh, websites which said there was some issue with the players during the Commonwealth Games. The players were fighting amongst themselves and it was Narendra Batra who had to pitch in and sort out the issue. And this is not something new with Indian hockey. Uh, even Mihi has spoken earlier about the Punjab lobby uh, in the team who try to run things in their own way and which leads to some friction among the players. So maybe it's not about the coaching, it's not about, maybe it's among the players and how they gel with, uh, gel with each other. So yeah, we, we learnt from Seward about the player-driven approach which seemed to be dismissed and a lot of the guys, what we could read, and probably some of you guys who were writing it at the time, was that uh, a lot of the a lot of the players wanted a fatherly figure. They want to be directed a little bit more. They they like the approach of guys like Harendra. And like, uh, Jimmy, I read a, a blog post from you from earlier on, from 2011, that went through the recent coaching history of the men's team. Cedric D'Souza, Rajinder Singh, Gerhard Rach, Rajinder Singh Jr., Bas, uh, Vasudevan and Joachim Carvalho it goes on and on and on and after 2011 bloody hell there were, 
there was another six or seven coaches after that. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like one year one coach. Uh, so that's the policy that Hockey India is currently following. I don't know what is going to happen to Harendra Singh. Uh, he's been the coach for four or five times for the Indian team. He comes, he serves for a few months and he goes. He comes and he serves for a few months and goes. So that's not the right approach. Uh, so you need consistency with everything, with your players, with your coaches, with your uh, the way you want your team to function. Sometimes you want to play like Netherlands. Sometimes you want to play like Australia. Sometimes you want to play like India. Uh, it's 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 very confusing for the players. And talking about uh, you know the players. Right from the start, we are being told, okay, you are a defender, you are not supposed to move beyond the half line. Uh, if the foreigners have to do, the forwards have to do all the job, they have to dribble, they have to score, they have to pass, they have to do everything. So, it's in the coaching structure of India, which is, uh, you know, very difficult to produce results in the international level. Uh, the coach, Marine, said that players have to earn, learn, and then learn. And a player-driven approach at this age, I don't think that would going to be work for, working for Indian team. So that's a little bit of a look to, towards the future, and we're going to get a lot of ep- episodes out, and we're going to be able to share all of our thoughts with the uh, the hockey public out there. Just very quickly, though, any particular highlights from 2018 for you? Women team did women team did really well in 2018. Uh, quarterfinals in the World Cup, uh, silver in the Asian Games, silver in Asian Champions Trophy. Uh, both in the Commonwealth Games, that was really unexpected. Uh, the women team did really well uh, in 2018, and I'll be uh, looking forward to their performance in 2019 with the Olympic qualifiers. Yeah, I think there's uh, some really great progress made by the the women's team. The Eves or the Tigers, if you listen to Stuart, uh, through 2018, and they were unfortunate with that 2-1 loss to Japan in the final at the Asian Games in Jakarta. Uh, but yeah, a really good, solid year of hockey. They, and they played a lot of hockey as well. Uh, Jazz, what were your thoughts about the 2018 year of hockey with India? Um, before coming to India, um, I would like to make a special mention about the Irish women's team, because... That was one thing that got me hooked to the Women's World Cup uh, more closely uh, than I usually would do because uh, India, of course, was doing well and India uh, had had a great uh, uh, path laid out. Uh, I think their road to the semis was, uh, I would not say easy, but they had the teams that probably showed Marinia and uh, and the team had, had the opponents that they would want to face in the knockouts. Um, but somehow um, they uh, screwed it up and uh, uh, I would not say screwed it up but yeah they were unfortunate to uh, not bring their um, maybe A game uh, when it really mattered Uh, but then credit to the Irish uh, girls um, the way they performed even if they were uh, outdone in the finals by the Dutch girls uh, I think it was a fabulous fabulous advertisement for hockey and uh, why it needs to go to even smaller nations um, <clears throat> where, and I'm talking about when I talk about smaller nations, I'm talking about 11 versus 11, not five. So, <laughs> uh, so, so that's one thing. And uh, if I talk about Indian hockey, that yes, a, a quarterfinal finish at the World Cup was obviously uh, good. Uh, that was the first target that the team went with. But uh, to not uh, reach the semis and maybe uh, have a couple of shots at the medal. Uh, if they win, then gold. If they not win, then uh, bronze. Uh, that was something that uh, team must be doing. 
but overall, uh, I think with the Asian Games silver medal and then um, uh, the, the, obviously uh, the quarterfinal finish at the World Cup, uh, the women's will be relatively happy. About that was about women's hockey, and uh, of course the men's hockey. Um, um, it was it was a big year with Commonwealth Games, Asian Games, and the World Cup. Um, but somehow we were not there when it mattered. Um, in the Commonwealth Games, we finished without a medal. Uh, in the Asian Games, uh, we missed the Olympic bus. I would not say that we won bronze, but I I think we missed the Olympic bus. So uh, that will uh, that keeps the monkey on the back and. Uh, for the next eight, eight, seven, eight months until the qualifiers come along, um, it's going to be pressure on the guys. Um, they begin the next year with the Aslan Shah Cup. This year, I mean 2019 with Aslan Shah Cup, which again um, with Japan, Ireland. Uh, I think not no big team, uh, not many big teams are there. Uh, Japan, Ireland, Malaysia, India, uh, and a couple of others. I I can't really recall, but. Uh, I, I don't know if they will send their first squad there or a developmental squad led by somebody but uh, somebody senior but uh, I think that was what they did with the uh, with, with the cup last year when Sadar was sent as captain with juniors um, that was probably to save the players for the Commonwealth Games because uh, they were pretty uh, close by so uh, overall uh, I think uh, for India it was not the year that they would want to remember because uh, they had the opportunities to uh, to really make a mark at, at in a year which had the Commonwealth Games, Asian Games, and the World Cup, but and World Cup at home, I mean. Uh, but if 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 you can't reach the semi-finals uh, of a World Cup, uh, then uh, to say that you are in the top five of the world is 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 uh, is catch 22 maybe because. Uh, when you are in the top five, you need to win trophies. That's one thing that India would have been doing for the last, say, what, 30, 40 years, that they are not winning any major trophies, apart from the Asian Games gold, of course, that they won 2014. But, uh, but the, that again is at the Asian level, not at the world level. Winning trophies at the world level, we missed the Champions Trophy uh, final also last year, losing to the Australians. So, so these kind of things uh, India would want to improve upon and they have to perform when it comes to the crunch moment. That's what they have not been able to do. And it's it's a bitter tooth, but yeah, that's true. I think they're certainly up there though, Jess. You, you look at the, the World Cup campaign, a 5-0 win over South Africa, a 5-1 win over Canada, a 2-2 draw with Belgium, the eventual winners, and then, then it's all down to it's a luck of the draw, isn't it? You, you ended up playing against the Netherlands, and it's a, it's a 2-1 loss in the quarter-final. It's, uh, it, it's all about the fine margins. Let's move on. Uh, thank you for your thoughts on what's happened in 2018, guys. Let's have a little look to the future. <laughs> Push past pundits, the Indian Hockey Podcast. You know, you can follow us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter, just search at Push Past Pundits. Get involved with the conversation. We'd certainly love to hear your thoughts on the very first show for the Push Past Pundits. Right, topic two for our first show this evening. Uh, what's in store for the international teams in 2019? So we'd like to get your views uh, from you guys, the pundits, on not just the senior teams, but the, the junior teams and the calendar ahead. Uh, certainly over the next three or four months. What's going on in Indian hockey? Let's start with you, Mahir. 
it's 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 a it's a tricky year for india right now i feel uh, especially with the junior team because uh, there isn't much happening for them there isn't much planned out as of now uh, i think both for the junior men and the senior men so uh, apart from apart from a tournament in in june i guess the junior men go for a eight nation in madrid and india india the senior team host uh, the series by its series final uh, there isn't much lined up uh, for both those teams uh i mean I, i'm 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 really surprised and curious to see how hockey india handle the men but but right now i think they're really focused on the women's team because a lot of tours have been planned for them uh they they traveling to a couple of european nations for test series i think uh, france are coming over to lucknow for uh, for a one off test series to play the women's team over here uh the, the focus is uh, suddenly shifting and i think it's it's like uh, the guys mentioned right i mean the women's team had a fabulous year compared to what was earlier for them uh, 2018 was a really good year for them and and i think uh, shodh marine has a plan uh, how to prepare this team for the tokyo games uh, and they they they're kind of acting on it really nicely the camp has already started in bangalore till their new year has begun and uh, i'm excited to see how the women's team develops this year i'm i'm extremely nervous for the men's team because if they change the coach uh, it might just be a chaos uh, it might it might be it might be terrible i mean you can you can also explore the possibility of uh, them missing the olympics so for men it's a very shaky year 2019 and for women it can be really really good if they build on the, all the good work done in 2018 You've mentioned me here there uh, about coaching setups. Are we expecting any particular changes through the international teams? Uh, I'm I'm curious to see what Argentina do. Uh, they 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 removed Agustin Corradini, the women's team coach, I believe, uh, and Pratik Yu has 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 uh, replaced him after they finished seventh at the women's World Cup. Uh, I want to, I want to see how how they react to the men's team finishing uh, in in Bhubaneswar. You know, Orozco. I was reading some of his comments after he went back home, and he mentioned about the format and how it did not allow them to settle into a rhythm. Now I found the as lame as India blaming refereeing for their defeat to Netherlands. Uh, I don't know if Orozco is is trying to kind of ignore the issue that that's really bothering Argentina hockey, and that's the aging team. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how that goes if Orozco continues in the job. Uh, I I don't see many coaching changes elsewhere in the men's side uh also in the women's side I think it should be continuity because I think most of the teams uh, with the pro league starting uh, they would like that continuity and and unlike India most most nations prefer stability unless you're Pakistan of course well like India as you mentioned there can you can you see that the status quo will remain with the top jobs in Indian hockey I would be very surprised so uh, even though I'd like the status quo to remain Well, that's good. Thank you for your opinions on that, Mahir. Jimmy, let's switch over to you now and let's see what your thoughts are for the year ahead. Maybe some of your hopes for hockey in India in 2019. I'll agree with Mahir when he says about the cupboard being bare right now. If you see, uh, Indian men have only an Aslam Shah tournament uh, and FIH, FIH series, World Hockey Series. Uh, that's it. They don't have anything else in the uh, in the schedule right now. even the junior team even the junior team don't have much uh, in uh, as in the schedule uh, this year 
we need match experience with guys like Hardik Singh and uh, other coming other players who are going to replace uh, these experienced sides, experienced players from our team. I think we need some more match practice. Uh, coming to the women's team, yes, they have a decent amount of uh, hockey this year. Uh, they are going to uh, France is going to come, India is going to go to Spain, and then they're going to, going to then they'll be going to Japan uh, for uh, uh, Olympic preparation. Uh, so yeah, women team, I'm expecting more of movement from women team than compared to men team this year. I like them to again qualify for the World Cup. I mean, sorry, the Olympics and um, do well over there. Now I noticed that the Japan tour at the start of March for the women is an Olympic familiarization tour, which is an interesting way to to phrase it. Uh, yes, they are going to play the World Series finals in uh, Japan, so maybe that's why they have named it as Olympic familiarization tour. Yeah, well, look, they're, they're certainly getting over there. There'll be no excuses for not knowing the environment, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, like you say, there's not a lot of fixtures set up. We've, we've got Junior Asia Cup later in the year and nothing slated so far. So, in between times, are we expecting uh, the, the national teams and the junior national teams just to be in camp? Yes. Uh, uh, Indian coaches mostly like to work in the camps, train in the camps. They are not too fond of having uh, matches. They don't. They are not interested in practice matches. And I don't think there's any club hockey uh, available uh, for them at that time because of Pro Hockey League. So yes, they'll be spending most of their times in camps and with their domestic teams. Well, that's certainly going to, uh, like you said, it's going to. It's not going to work greatly for them because we talk about on on our other podcast quite a lot that. It's important for certainly developing teams like Ireland to get games against the big sides. They get very little opportunity, and it hurts teams when they don't get that exposure against the, the in inverted commas, better teams uh, within the game. Personally, I, have, I am not a fan of uh, holding camps because you play with the same players again and again. You know their pluses and their minuses. So there's not a, not a lot of chance to improve, as you said right now. Uh, we need to play with more teams, maybe club hockey, to get more, more match experience. And that is the way forward. Uh, best example is EHL. You look at France, you look at uh, other teams that are coming through uh, in Europe. It's because of EHL they are doing so good right now. Yeah, well, I, I, I struggle to, to, to argue with you there at, at all with it. Um, Jazz, what are your thoughts on it? Everybody has talked about uh, the <clears throat> schedule that has been put up for the Indian teams, uh, women and men, both junior and senior, uh, on the Hockey India website. So I'm actually pretty happy with it um, because uh, what's happening with Indian hockey is that we're playing too much. We're playing a lot of hockey. And, and, and when I say that, um, I'm, I'm more concerned about holding camps uh, almost throughout the year. Uh, I was uh, having a chat with one of the players. He said that we are at home for maybe uh, um, maybe a month or uh, even less than that in, in breaks. Maybe five, six days one time, then another ten days. Things like that. And I was also talking to the German team during the, uh, during the World Cup. And one of their players said that, uh, that, that Indian players need to relax a bit more. They, they, they need to play a little less hockey and spend more quality time off the field to come back even more refreshed and hungry. 
and and i think and i i would buy that comment and i think that's something that indian hockey needs to take a look at even if they won't, won't be able to incorporate it right away but i think being in camps day in day out throughout the year is not going to help if 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 you conduct a camp every second month uh, that's not going to hamper your coordination or anything in fact the players will be back even refreshed so um i'm not i'm not too concerned about uh, the lack of fixtures in the in in the in the in the, in the uh, schedule that has been put up on hockey india but uh, maybe uh, i'm sure there will be more tournaments more test matches stuff then uh, like the olympic qualifiers will come in and then others some other test tours but as of now uh, even if there is just the olympic qualifiers if india go through after playing in june uh, in bhubaneswar then uh, i would be happy with it uh, with a little bit of test tour stuff in between and i will be more happy if players are given time off and they are sent back home to be with their family with their friends and come back and come back with more hunger and 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 a bit more refreshed uh, i would not be surprised if the players would agree with me but that's something that hockey india needs to take care of because mm-hmm. if hockey india decides that uh, though no you have to be in camps throughout then none of the players will speak none of the players will speak against it i'm uh, trying to say so so it depends all on hockey india but i would not be i would be happy if if there's less hockey in terms of holding camps in the year so just you mentioned camps well, for the listeners out there where where is where do the camps happen how many people are involved what's the setup are they in dorm rooms is it is it a, a school setup what does it look like for the players uh, it happens at the sports authority of india centers uh, of late it's been happening in bangalore uh, quite regularly because there's a reason to hold it in bangalore because uh, it there is everything provided under one roof uh, you have the scientific centers and everything coaches need to uh, take a look at Uh, besides training on the field everything is provided there so and plus the weather is a little better than other parts of the country throughout the year so uh, that's where the camps happen sports authority of india and sometimes there are uh, high altitude uh, familiarization camps uh, somewhere close to shimla i'm forgetting the name of the place i think mehir visited that place once and we had plans to go together but we couldn't um, uh, so sometimes camps happen at those places and um, just to get high altitude um, familiarization if the team is traveling to a similar place so uh, camps happen uh, as of now the camps are happening at uh, bangalore uh, and all the uh, all the players are uh, housed there they they live in rooms i'm not sure if it is dormitories but maybe uh, two or three players share one room which is something that uh, harendra's policy as well because uh, what he does is he puts uh, a senior player maybe uh, say uh, uh, Sardar Singh in the past with uh, a junior player like Hardik Singh, so that they interact while they are in the room and they, such guys, junior guys, uh, come to learn with from from seniors. So that's one strategy uh, that uh, uh, Harendra employs as well. Uh, I'm not sure if the women team does the same, um, but uh, Harendra does that, and they live in rooms which are uh, inside the uh, Sports Authority of India Centre. That's how the camps happen. Now, Jazz, if I'm a kid in Bangalore, can I go along and watch training sessions? Can I interact with the players, or is it very much a closed-off thing? Uh, I, I think most of the times it's a closed-off thing because uh, 
the sports authority of india center is also uh, a little uh, far in i have i have unfortunately not been there uh, i think uh, harpreet went there last year and uh, she had some she had spent some time with the players uh, but uh, most of the times it's a closed affair and i don't think there is as much interest um at at that level to go and watch the indian team train or play that's that something needs to be generated as well and maybe you raised a very good point and um, like a campaigns like invite, inviting school kids to watch indian team training at uh, at a camp in bangalore or anywhere else in the country uh, those kind of things can be done to just encourage kids to uh, take up the game and uh, carry the legacy forward so uh, as of now i don't think that happens very regularly maybe once a, once in a while but most of the time it's a closed affair well, that's a perfect time there jazz you've mentioned harpreet and she's visited the camp there harpreet would be fantastic to learn of that experience but also to hear on your thoughts for the year ahead and uh, you know what what's coming up for the game in india yes for 2019 i mean we've heard we've heard everybody talk about it but for me i think it's very important to understand at this point of time that what is hockey india planning next for this team i mean both the men's and the women's team because we have seen a lot of changes in the coaching personnel over the last 7 to 10 years it's a cycle it's a vicious cycle i think which indian hockey has gotten into itself that you hire one coach and you look for short term results and nothing happens and then you fire the coach So for me, it's very important to understand that what are they thinking right now? Because it's been three weeks now that the Hockey World Cup got over. Everybody understands 2018 was not a great year, but still, till date, we do not have any word on whether the coach will be retained or not. From what I understand, the review meeting started yesterday on 8th, on either the 7th or 8th of January, and they're planning next. But you know, to think that we do not have any tournaments coming up. in senior future the next hockey camp will start on 14th of february now but i think it's not wise to waste these many days and these many times this is precious time this is the time for planning i mean it's very easy to say that we do not have anything coming up over the next few months but the important thing is that what we are do- doing today is going to decide the future i mean i can recall an incident in 2009 this was a time india had hired the first foreign coach this was mr hoze barasa and the camp was in uh, happening in pune and i used to be i happened to be the only journalist present there on the first day of the camp so it was the first time the indian hockey team was supposed to train with the first time ever with a national uh, with a foreign coach of course i'm discarding a gerhard rather because in 2004 because his credentials were not supposed to be of that of a foreign coach so mr hoze barasa is considered as one of the first foreign coaches that india brought in so i remember distinctively it was i think 9 am in the morning at the balewadi stadium in pune and mr hoze barasa was there and the players were there but the coaching session the training session could not happen on that day because there was not enough water to pitch uh, to put on the pitch So Mr. Barasa was really angry, and uh, since I was the only journalist there, and he spoke to me, and he says that can you help me out, and I want to talk, uh, speak to the sports minister. So we tried and arranged some calls, and they called the Delhi, the ministry, and uh, but for that one day, that first day session could not take place, and we did a, a huge interview with Mr. Barasa that 
how a foreign coach has arrived but due to lack of water the first day training session could not be held and mr barasa's uh, quotes were that i have never seen anything like this around the entire world hockey fraternity because if a team cannot train for 3 hours this quotes were if those 3 hours you have wasted in your preparation for 2012 olympics i mean you look at the mind of the coach he is talking about 3 years ahead so in that context i'm really worried because it's just one and a half years to tokyo olympics june 2020 so what exactly are we going to do do we have a plan does india have a plan about the coaches what about the senior members we have seen sadar singh one of the greatest players in indian hockey recently walk away we saw there were a lot of changes sv sunil was dropped rupinder pal was dropped so what exactly is india thinking in terms of planning because each day each hour as this incident with mr barasa tells us is very important i think they're losing on time just not doing enough and learning from the mistakes of 2018 It's interesting to hear you say that and maybe there is a little bit of uh, post World Cup complacency and obviously there's no FIH Pro League involvement just at this this moment in time. Just towards the end there you mentioned the, some playing personnel. Can you see any major chatni- major changes happening across the men's or the women's teams or are there enough opportunities for junior players to um to to put themselves up and in front of the selectors? Well, from what we already hear, we have there are a lot of reports coming in that Hockey India might do away with David John, who's the high performance director. We have been hearing these talks since last two months. He was also not present at the Hockey World Cup for I think most of the duration, which was really surprising. Then, of course, there were talks about removing Harinder, so maybe. there would be changes but then again i am of a view that a coach needs to be there if you hired somebody to take that person at least for a full olympic cycle that is from one olympics to the next retain that person despite the results i think belgium has taught everybody in world hockey a great example yeah. i mean there are team which hired coaches which hired which put in place a proper system of training and mind it it's not that in they have won the world cup in one day i mean 5 6 years back they were losing to everybody despite putting in that plan of their b gold despite that the results did not come for two or three years they kept on losing but they did not change the coaches they did not change the players they brought in very shrewdly very systematically they brought in a system in place So I think India and even the other countries, if they have to progress, they have to learn that. I mean, changing coaches is fine. Even if a hockey team has to do it, if they want to go ahead with it, they can do it right now. But I would still want them to at least stick with the same person and the same set of players, despite not getting short-term results. They should look at long-term results. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, Harpreet. And I think as uh, outsiders looking in on India, Indian hockey, we often say. would you not just let them have a bit of a run at the job because there seems to be a lot of decisions made on a political level and very knee-jerk reactions that uh, obviously haven't benefited the game there massively totally totally not no i agree with you there totally because if you look at indian hockey i mean there has been progress no doubt about it you know there used to be a joke in the hockey circles and uh, You know, in every hockey game, you see a tower, a video tower, 
there are all the video personnel of all the teams and there used to be a joke that if you have to recognize the person representing india on that video tower just see whoever's got the most outdated camera video yeah. camera <laughs> so that person would belong to the indian hockey team that used to be the joke from 10 years back yeah so from that time to now the use of gps the use of modern methods everything has changed so it's not that they have not made progress it's not that they have not adapted to the modern techniques they are one of the fittest teams so now i mean for me we have seen them grow we have seen them progress but now i think that progress has got stagnant like they are not doing anything beyond that last 3 years have been similar in some ways that yes they do well in patches they perform well but then when it comes to big tournaments everything just falls apart why does that happen i think hockey india has to think about it that why and how to plug in that gap and that is very important to understand and that's very important to plug it in you are with the push pass Pundits, show number one. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, you can get us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on your favourite podcast provider. You can also catch up with us online on Facebook and on Twitter, both at Push Pass Pundits. Now, moving on to topic three. Before we leave you today, we want to find out what's the greatest game of hockey that the pundits have ever seen. So, Jimmy, what about you? Uh, the first game of hockey you ever see is you no know, probably be the greatest, but I have to go for that India versus Pakistan match in 2003 Champions Trophy. Uh, 7-2 was the scoreline. You know, 2-1 down at half, 3-1 down at half time. Najim scoring a great tomahawk to you know take the score the second goal, and then the Indian forward line with Gagarajit Singh, Tanraj Pillai, Deepak Thakur, Prabhjot Singh, they just went berserk in the second half of the game. Seven four after three one down. You know that was nearly impossible. That was virtually impossible to see India coming back in that game. But they, I don't know what happened to them in that day. They were just awesome. So um, rem- remind the listeners at what stage of the tournament did that game happen? It was in pool stage, and both India and Pakistan uh, were working towards going towards the uh, third place trophy. uh they wanted to go for the bronze medal match uh but uh india and uh and pakistan were favorites because they were doing well in the tournament india was not doing so great they had uh, they hadn't had much success in the tournament at that point of time but india pakistan matches you know are special so uh and uh in india just uh, i have no words for that i have no words to describe that match <laughs> You can only live that match, and you know you'll be like, wow, just wow. Um, where, where did you watch the game? I was at home. Uh, uh, it was a big family function. The, all my family, the extended family, had come, and I said, wait, I want to watch that hockey match. Why? I said, it's India versus Pakistan. I have to watch that match. So they said, okay, okay, India is going to lose. It's going to happen. I said, no, that's not going to happen today. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I was at home with my family, my extended family, and they were like, "Wow, just wow!" Well, hopefully you picked up some uh, some hockey lovers that might not normally have watched the game and, and watched a few more after that. Yeah, uh, so that has been my story. You know, uh, in 2010 World Cup, I, I was with my college mates who had never watched hockey. First match, India versus Pakistan once again. 
India beat them 4-1 and they were like, wow, why are we not supporting hockey? It's a great game. <laughs> so along the track, you know, along the years, I have made people converted from a cricket fan to a hockey fan. Well, funny you should mention that game though there, Jimmy. Uh, I think uh, Mahir might be following a trend now. Mahir? Uh, well, if it's involving India, then it has to be the India-Pakistan match uh, at the 2003 Champions Trophy. Uh, I think that was a cracker. India were down 4-2 and uh, they scored, I think, five goals in the last uh, 20-odd minutes. Uh, I remember that game purely because the way Jugrat Singh completely negated Sohail Abbas's penalty, penalty corners. And he just ran as if his, his life depended on it. Uh, he did those remarkable 360 returns. Uh, it was a total one-man show. And it was tragic because not, not long after he, he met with a road accident and his career got done. But that's the, the highlight of his career. And that's, that's one match I remember very, very fondly all the time. So here, Jimmy picked up that that was his favourite game of all time, his greatest game that he'd seen. Um, we asked him uh, where he viewed the game. Where were you watching the game? Were you sitting on the couch at home? Uh, yeah, I was, I was very much at home. I, I, I was uh, with my, my father and my uncle watching that game. My father didn't uh, have much of uh, I remember, I mean, when we, when we went for our training session in the morning, that's the one thing that uh, the 360 degree turn that, that Jivraj did was something that each of us tried. Uh, uh, I mean, none of us could really pull it off, uh, to be honest. But yeah, at least uh, that was one trick that all of us had been trying ever since uh, on, on the hockey surfaces across the country, I guess. That's the first time actually we saw an Indian player do something like that uh, in a match situation that was as crazy as that. Now, Harper, your greatest game of all time. You're not going to say it's the same guy as those two boys before, are you? <laughs> absolutely not, absolutely not. For me, the bestest match that I have watched is the 2010 Commonwealth Games semi-final between India and England. And it was the first time India were hosting a tournament of that magnitude, the Commonwealth Games. And if you look at the history of the Commonwealth Games, Indian men had never won a medal before in the Commonwealth Games before 2010. So the match began, we were covering that match and uh, from the press gallery and uh, India took the lead, in, I think in the 20th minute. And But then England came back very strongly and they scored three goals. And now England were leading 3-1 and they were like some 20 minutes left on the clock. So, you know, to put things in context here, it's very important to understand that we are talking about 2010 it was a time when the Indian team used to struggle to beat teams like England and Spain. I mean, Australia, Germany, Holland, they were like in a totally different bracket. The India had not beaten them in, say, many years. So there was a lot at stake for India in this game. And as I told you, in 2009, Jose Barasa was the first foreign coach. India had just started to train and learn the European ways. And they were not, you know, they were trying to get into that league where they would they would want it to beat the bigger teams on a regular basis. So this game was very important in that context that they were just one step away from winning a medal. So the turnaround that we saw in those last 20 minutes, believe me, I have not seen too many Indian teams making a comeback from that kind of a situation. 3-1 down, 20 minutes to go. It's always about mental pressure. We talk a lot about mental pressure when we talk about Indian teams. 
So I think Mr. Barasa instilled that thing that think of winning games from a losing position. That is something that guy taught these players, and they put that to use greatly in that one game. We saw India come back. They made it three two. They made it three three. Those were the times when we still used to have extra time in hockey. The match went into extra time. India fought back really hard in front of the home crowd. Everybody was up on their feet. Some twenty, thirty thousand people cheering for India. The match went into the shootouts, and India won the shootout. And they they reached the finals where they lost to Australia. It was their first medal at the Commonwealth Games for the men's hockey team. So for me, it's the greatest game because. I personally believe that mental block of not being able to be on the big stage, not being able to win medals, I think it started from that game. In that context, it was a very important game that gave them the belief that yes, we can win, yes, we can make comebacks. So it was a kind of a turnaround period. I think that has from where Indian hockey has built on in the last ten years. So it's a very important game for me. Yeah, I think that's right. I think there's a, there's a, a turning point around that period where um, there's been a boost to the game in India, and uh, that you know you sort of tie in a little bit later, hockey India League and everything else coming on board. There's um, you've got this expectation out of the Indian team, absolutely. Jazz, tell us all about your greatest game. Okay, I would like to divide it into two parts. One is uh, watching on TV, and one is watching uh, at the stadium. So. Um, so 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 my my memory of watching on TV uh, goes back to 2007 game the Champions Trophy game between India and Pakistan that Mehir mentioned that India came back from the dead um, down 4-2 and then pumping in five goals uh, in the last uh, say 20 minutes uh, to get a win and, uh, and 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 that forward line that we had uh, Deepak Thakur, Prabhjot Singh and Gaganaji Singh was one of the best. Uh, that India had uh, uh, after the turn of the century, um, and 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 obviously the Pakistanis also had players like Nadeem Ahmed, Mudassar Ali, and Sohail Abbas. Um, all of them, um, uh, and and like Mihir mentioned, I also uh, have that uh, video of Jugra's uh, 360 turn um, saved with me on my laptop, and I watch it <laughs> quite often. <laughs> I, I watch it quite often and uh, of course many players do it now but that was the first time that we saw it and uh, our jaw, uh, you, you won't believe our jaws dropped that what, what happened there and even uh, the Pakistani player who was uh, opposite Jugraj had no clue what he, what, what he did. Uh, that was Jugraj uh, at the pinnacle of his career. Um, he could stop uh, Sohail Abbas's uh, uh, drag flicks uh, with, he, with his rushing and and block him and then be a force at the half line. Um, so that, so that, that's one memory from the game, from watching a TV, um, game on TV. Uh, from the stadium, um, I, I would like to, uh, remember the game, uh, between India and Pakistan at the, at the 2017 Hockey World League finals, though the, the, the level of talent of both the teams was, uh, not the same as 2007. But there were a lot of developments around the match. Uh, Siddharth Singh was called in Nottingham for uh, a police hearing uh, on the case uh, that he had with one of the British girls. Then there was a controversy where there was a political uh, coup between um, some of the uh, Pakistan origin ministers and the UK government uh, who forced the girl to uh, 
uh, file a complaint against uh, Sardar. So, so there was a lot of uh, uh, what you say disturbed disturbed minds in the Indian team um, <laughs> during during the match, and uh, that, that's that, that's why that game uh, stood out. In fact, it's historically also uh, uh, one of the biggest uh, wins India have had uh, against Pakistan, seven-one. So uh, that's the that's the other match that stood out uh, in my memory. Uh, both are from India, Pakistan, but in terms of talent, Gulf apart. Thank you so much for joining us with the very first, the debut show of the Push Pass Pundits, the Indian Hockey Podcast, hashtag Indian Hockey Podcast. What a delight to have Mahir, Jimmy, Harpreet and Jaspreet all joining us on the show. Mahir, uh, how do you feel about being a pundit? It was refreshing. It was nice to talk hockey for an hour and not worry about anything else. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening, so I think this is a good change, and it's nice to be a pundit. Feel important for a change. Now, surely you feel important all the time, Mahir, but it's, it's great to have you on board with the Bush Pass Pundits, and we look forward to you joining us next time around. It's my pleasure, Matt. And, of course, thank you as well, freelance sports journalist Harpreet Lamper for joining us. Yes, thanks so much. It was a pleasure. I mean, it's the first time I'm doing something like this. It's absolutely rocking. I wish you well. More power to Indian hockey, to world hockey, and to push past pundits in 2019. Thank you. And, of course, a big thanks also from the Times of India.com correspondent, Mr. Jazz Sani. Jazz, thanks for joining us with the Push Past Pundits. Yep, it was a pleasure uh, to be part of... Uh, of a different program with the same set of people that I have known for the past one year now, uh, John and Matt, uh, fabulous guys, and uh, it's 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 it was it was very refreshing to uh, when you came up with the idea that uh, you need to do a podcast that's only about Indian hockey's because that's what we know about the most. So we felt important as uh, as Mihir mentioned because you guys approach it and Reverse Take is obviously a uh, a, a very well heard uh, platform now because I've heard it from coaches uh, during the World Cup that they do uh, know about the reverse stick and that uh, a couple of guys are doing a great job in Australia so so hats off to you guys kudos and uh, obviously um, I'm looking forward to more push passes as a pundit we're looking forward to having you join us Jazz and very kind words there but we're uh yeah, we think this this can take off. We think Indian hockey needs this and deserves it. I'm sure they do uh, if they if they make all the right moves in 2019 and qualify for the Olympics, which is uh, the biggest target. And let's see what happens in half an hour, as Mihir said. And of course, also thank you to Jimmy Bogal who uh, has uh, shared his wonderful stories and been involved with the show today. Jimmy, thanks for joining the Push Pass Pundits. Uh, thank you for having me here. You know, uh, it's great. It's a great platform. So that it, uh, when it, many Indian hockey fans were thinking about it, that we want a podcast, we want a podcast. I was one of them. So you know, something on the go. Instead of reading, you can put in a plug in your earphones and you can have something. So you know, it's a great platform. Uh, I hope it continues. It touches new height every day. Fantastic. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you to all, to all of you for joining us today. I've been sitting in the sidelines here trying to write down all these edits. It's been fascinating. It's not going to be much fun to chop up, but 
I really look forward to hearing more from the people in India about what's going on in their game and promoting it in the future. You will have less things to chop off because we did not cough. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really wonderful because for me also it was the first time. I was not sure what to expect, how to go about it, but I think you guys were really great, really supportive. It was very easy, so very thanks for everything. Fantastic, Harpreet. The guys... Uh, I'm not quite sure if we're recording this now or not to put it in the show, but I'll put it... Oh, we are, yeah. we're putting it in the show. There you go. It's a podcast, guys. We're not professional radio broadcasters. We're bringing this to you for free. Um, if you know any sponsors out there that like to get involved with the Push Pass Pundits, we'd, we'd be very happy to get you on board. Totally. Let's approach the Orifa government, the sponsors of the National Hockey Team. Oh, the Hockey Foundation, perhaps. Great idea, Harpreet. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining the Push Pass Pundit. That's it, show number one. Done and dusted.